You sure are. It's uh, eight minutes after the hour here, and for the remainder of the hour till around 10 to 8, we are taking your uh, phone calls, 416-870-6400-640 on cell. Help at employmenthour.com is the uh, simple email way to get a hold of Lior, a member of his team, and I'll give you his number right off the top if you want to scribble this down and keep it, one eight five five eight. We will get to the severance pay calculator. We'll get to topics for tonight, some emails, and, of course, our phone calls on this Monday night edition. Monday night, Wednesday night, weekend shows, Employment Hour and 30 happens on Global TV and CTV as well on weekend mornings. So we have got you covered in a very large way for a rainy, dreadful Monday. It's going from like 16 back to like 35 in the middle of the week. It's kind of weird, but uh, we don't care. We're rainproof, Lior. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? (laughs) Rain or shine, we're here to talk about employment law. We're not going anywhere. And and, uh, the reason we're not going anywhere is because these issues are not going anywhere. Problems in the workplace don't just disappear. Uh, And uh, hopefully by talking to you about it, by uh, explaining your rights, we can help solve some problems or maybe alleviate some concerns. That's the whole purpose of the show, to let you sleep better at night because you have a plan of action how to deal with your workplace problems. Or maybe you've solved those workplace problems, you know your rights. So if you have a question about your workplace situation, whether you've lost your job or your boss is mistreating you or you think something's going to happen and they've changed the terms of of your employment, call us right now. Let's talk about it. Let's uh, solve your problem. They have a lot of people listening, and by talking to you, I'll help solve other people's problems as well. So don't be bashful. Don't be shy. Give us a shout. Uh, Let's chat and and let's uh, resolve problems. And, of course, uh, you know, we're, we're on the show right now, but you can talk to me anytime during the week. Call me, email me. We'll give you those inform- those contact information uh, to to use uh, many times throughout the show. Week there was, John, where we always start a couple situations that came across my desk uh, uh, over the second half of last week. Now, oftentimes we hear about employers alleging performance concerns. You know, you, we're letting you go because of bad performance. Sometimes that's legitimate, but many times, John, it's not. So I have a couple situations that came across my desk a few days ago, both of which were very, very clear or made it very clear that the employer was trying to fabricate performance allegations so they can have an excuse to let an employee go illegally. So let's talk about that. First situation, John, I had a gentleman uh, that uh, I spoke with. He had been off uh, work for some time. He was uh, sick for medical reasons. You know, stuff happens sometimes, unexpected. You have to be off work. It happens. Thankfully, he got better. Uh, After being off a couple months, he got better, came back to work. His employer still knew that he's not at 100%, but that he was going to give it a good, honest uh, try to to work and do his job as as well as he he can. Well, John, two weeks later, uh, what happens? They call him into a meeting and they let him go for performance reasons. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, he's been there for two weeks since he came back. Before that, never had any performance appraisal or negative performance review or any problem really being indicated. So what happened? The only thing that's happened in the meantime, he's been sick and struggling to get up to speed. And they're trying to allege all kinds of things where you haven't been making your quotas and you haven't been getting back to people as quickly as possible. First of all, you can't fire someone for, uh, for performance reasons over it, over performance issues that come after two weeks only. And beyond that, clearly he was still struggling with his health. So what they're doing here is they're punishing him for being sick. They're punishing him for not being 100% healthy. That is a human rights violation. That's illegal. You can't do that. So this company is, uh, is fabricating reasons to try to get rid of a, a person when they shouldn't be. 
So not only they're going to have to pay severance, that goes without saying, it's going to be a substantial amount of severance. They're going to have to pay human rights damages. So I want our listeners to understand, you can't be penalized for being sick. You can't be penalized for struggling at work because you're sick or because you have a medical limitation. That's illegal. Your employer has to understand, to provide accommodation if needed, and to help you get better rather than punish you for being sick. If you're in that situation, you know what to do. You call me, you email me, I'll help take care of it. But John, I was you know, quite uh, shocked to see that the employer could uh, think that they could get away with it. Yeah, I'm starting to think that all, not all employers have listened to the show yet. That's becoming abundantly <laughs> clear week in, week out, right? That's hard to believe. That's a tough one to swallow. Yeah, they probably should listen to the show. They, they would have known better. And, and you know, oftentimes employers would get away with it because the employee yep. may not know better. Yep. But thankfully, this is a person that did know better, and hopefully everyone listening to us right now will know better should something like this ever happen to them. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, one 225 talk That number for the remainder, of course, is toll-free tonight. What else you got going on? Well, the second person that called me, uh, you know, probably even a worse situation. She uh, had a, a child, very young child, diagnosed with diabetes. I came out of the blue, and uh, it was a fairly serious situation. She had to take some time off to care for her child. He had to uh, to get uh, treatment and, and medication at certain times of the day, and, and there was really no one else to do it. So she was off for a few weeks uh, while she was doing that. Uh, I think she was off for probably 10 days or 12 days. After that period of time, she was actually able to find someone to come in and, and provide that care for her son. So she came back to work. She was happy to do that, and, and everything was fine. Her employer didn't say anything, welcomed her back to work. Now, she had been back to work for about a week and a half, only a week and a half, when she's called into a meeting, and her boss says to her, oh, no, we're going to let you go for performance reasons. Again, nonsense. Never had a bad performance review. Never had any problems. The only thing that's changed is now she had to be off work. She may have had to be off work again because of her sick child, and her employer is letting her go. Again, a human rights violation. Yep. This is what we call discrimination or mistreatment on the basis of family status. If you have a family obligation, and because of that, that impacts your work, your employer in most cases has to accommodate. They can't fire you for it. So in this situation, the employer was alleging bad performance, nonsense. It wasn't. It was a, it was a, a human rights violation. So severance is going to be paid, human rights damages. So remember, you, you sometimes have to do these things, have to care for family. And if that happens, you can and you should expect help and accommodation and certainly understanding from your employer. Way to move on to get a hold of you, by the way, is one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. We'll uh, bounce over the phones. Always our priority. Dave, thanks for hanging on, fella. How are you? How are you doing? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Good, typical. Uh, right along the same lines as so they are just uh, okay. examples of and uh, listen to you a lot. So tw- my sister, 12 years on the job, 57 years old, she became ill was off at least two months, went back to work. They reduced her hours from 40 to 20. Apparently, they'd done it to a couple of other people. And then she couldn't really survive in her lifestyle with 20 hours. So I don't know if she quit or... But I, to me, it's a constructive dismissal in a toxic environment. And she, and it was a human rights issue. Can Lyra develop that? Dave, you, you, you hit all nails on the head, not just yeah. the nail. You hit all nails on the head. So let, let's start with the the most basic thing. If your employer reduces your hours, you said from 40 to 20, that is a constructive dismissal, as I like to say, with the cherry on top, because it can't be more obvious than that, right? It's a, it's a huge change in the terms of employment. That alone allows her to leave there with severance. doesn't matter what the reason is. 
But let's not forget about the reason. If the reason actually was related to her being sick or her being off work because of a sickness, then it becomes a human rights violation. If the reason they constructively dismissed her was because of the sickness, then that's, uh, that's discrimination on the basis of a medical condition or a disability. That is illegal. They can't do that. Now, Dave, how long ago did this happen? That's the question. I, I think at most two years, maybe a year. And my question was, how long does she have for A, the constructive dismissal, B, the discrimination, and if she quits, does she still qualify for something under those conditions? Well, she has a two. There's a two-year limitation period from from when this happened. So it's a strict limit. It's not two years in a day. It's two years. Now, if she quit, it's fine because that's what you do with a constructive dismissal. Your employer does something to you, to you that they're not allowed to do, and in response to that, you quit. But the law considers that to be a termination. So, Dave, you called me. That's great. But you need to have her call me ASAP because she may be running out, uh, running up against the limitation period. I hope she hasn't missed it already. So uh, have her call me as soon as possible. Like I mean, tomorrow morning, first thing, one of those things. Yeah, I, I gave her the information, and I'll, uh, I'll double down on that. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Dave. Brilliant, Dave. Appreciate that. Uh, well done uh, by you as well, and I'm sure she'll uh, appreciate it when things uh, things move forward. Get to uh, to Scott. Hey, Scott, good evening. Hey, how are you today? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's up with you? I have a friend who uh, worked for a major newspaper publication, online publication, and that quite well known. He's been there 15 years, and they basically put him on probation and told him that he should probably shop his resume around. Wow. Okay. So, so yeah, obviously that's uncomfortable, clearly. And and is that in writing? Do you know if they said that to him in writing? Was kind of verbal. Uh, shop your resume uh, around. They, they've sat him down and had the and had the meeting with him. And I believe I'm going to say yes. It was the the meeting. It was written. Uh, well, well, whether they whether they told them to shop with me around was probably not been in writing yet. So here's what I would do. I would tell him. And by the way, please encourage him to call me so he and I can have a more in depth discussion. But from right. a, a, in a general standpoint, uh, if if they give him a negative performance review and he disagrees with it, he has to say so, and he has to say so in writing. So he needs to send an email. Email works perfectly here and say, here's why I disagree. You've said I've done A, B, and C. Here's what actually happened. Because silence is the same as acceptance, and he can't accept okay. it, okay? So that's that's number one. Number two, if he can show that he's there essentially telling him, listen, we don't really want you here. You should be shopping your resume. That alone could be considered a termination. It could be considered a constructive dismissal, which means he may be able to pursue severance right now. Like, he may not have okay. to wait in this poisoned work environment. So I would want to understand more from him how that was said. Was it serious? Is it, can we prove it? Was it in writing? Because that may give him some rights. You should never be saying that to an employee. But to start, I would put his concerns about the performance reviews in writing. Uh, it has to be in writing. Otherwise, it doesn't exist. That, that helps protect him right there. Okay. No, I will pass that along, and I'll have him give you a call. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scotty. Appreciate that. Uh, that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and we'll comment uh, more on that call uh, a little later on. Jack, don't want to get to you. Hey, Jack. Good evening. Hi. Uh, I work for a finance company where we you know we have uh, pretty like rigid uh, metrics and targets to hit. And the past, I'd say, two or three quarters. I mean, it keeps going higher and higher to the point it's unattainable and every quarter I have to sign that I understand these targets and I'm not really 
comfortable doing it because nobody's hitting their targets. People have actually left the company. And I'm just wondering if, if that's a cause for a constructive dismissal because I'm, I'm paid heavily based on commission. Right. So, so that was going to be my first question. So because of these targets being changed, you're making less money because they're, they keep moving the goal line. Exactly. Like I've always hit my targets consistently, but just I'd say pretty much most of 2018, it just seems if our department comes close to hitting it, it goes up to, to an unreasonable uh, target. Now, I understand the competitive nature of the company I work for, but in a sense, it's the ceiling keeps getting higher. So in a sense, it'll always be unattainable. And I just don't think I have the energy to keep doing it because it's also my income and it's causing me a high level of anxiety as well. Yeah, you hit on all the important points here. They they, they change the, the, the targets, uh, They it impacts your compensation, it causes stress. All of these things result in a constructive dismissal. All of these things are things that your employer is not allowed to do. They can't just unilaterally decide, well, we're going to make your, your your target such that you can't make the money that you need to make. They can't decide to uh, change your structure, your compensation, in a way that reduces how much you take home. So, so because of that, yeah, you may well be now in a constructive dismissal situation. Now, one of the things I'd want, or a few of the things I'd want to discuss with you when we, we chat you know, off the air is I want to understand how long has this been going on, what have you actually signed? Uh, how much has it changed every single time? Are there other people that, that uh, meet the targets? But beyond that, this does seem like a constructive dismissal situation. I'm going to leave you with this thought, though, Jack. You, you need to do something about it very quickly and very soon. The longer you sit on this, the more you're going to be considered to have accepted this new reality, and then you won't be able to do anything about it. So you and well, I yeah. do need to connect as soon as possible. Yeah, because just so you know, like the, the targets do change quarterly, right. and we're all re reviewing, expected to sign it, but not signing it. I don't know what other alternative I have. I mean, I don't want to. I mean, they can say, well, if, if you're not meeting, if you don't want to meet the targets, then maybe that's removal for just cause. Yeah, no, it, it wouldn't be, but we need to discuss that. I mean, certainly, I would say no. I, I think uh, I want to meet targets, but I think that the targets that you've put forward are not realistic. So I'm not comfortable saying that that is realistic. But that said, let's you and I talk uh, off air as soon as possible. You can't sit on this because sitting on this may mean you give up your rights. Uh, you 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 are very likely, Jack, in a constructive dismissal situation. Jack, appreciate your call moving forward. You know the number, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. We have phone lines open for you. This is how it works on the show week in, week out. Feel free to give us a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk That's toll-free. Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. That is one phone call option. The other one is one triple eight two two five talk. That is toll free for the evening as well. Help at employmenthour.com. And uh, other ways, you still have time till around ten two to get your questions and comments uh, answered and reflected here on the air. So please call through. We'd love to uh, to talk to you for the remainder of this Monday night show. It goes again, of course, Wednesday night, same time, seven o'clock. Weekend shows and employment hour at thirty happens on Global TV and CTV on Saturday and uh, Sunday mornings. Workplace harassment. What do you say we talk a little bit about that, right? Workplace harassment, John, is is a topic that, you know, if we were doing the show some years ago, we may not have uh, been discussing it. It wasn't kind of in the yeah. forefront, but right now it is. Uh, I get a lot of calls about workplace harassment. It, it's prevalent. 
you know, with uh, extra stress and more uh, pressure to meet deadlines, you know, things happen in the workplace and sometimes work environment are not going to be happy and healthy. So it is a topic that needs to be discussed because if you're a victim of workplace harassment, it's going to impact you. It's going to impact you significantly. You're going to have a hard time doing your job. You're going to have a hard time functioning outside of work. Uh, so it, it is a big topic and needs to be addressed properly because if you don't, if you let it fester, things get worse and then you'll find yourself uh, suffering from depression, having to go on a medical leave, very bad situation. You know, it's big in the media and has been for some time, as you mentioned, but you working, you know, in the trenches, so to speak, how, how big a problem is it? How often do you see the phone calls and letters coming through your work? It is probably the second biggest issue wow. that comes across my desk. It is it's huge. It happens all the time, and it takes various forms. We'll discuss that. Uh, but it is, it is a topic that more and more people are dealing with. And, and now that there's more awareness to this topic, people start to understand, well, wait a second. I've, I was reading about that. I think the way I'm being treated by my boss is not appropriate. Whereas in the past, people may not have known there's such a concept of harassment and they may have, may have just said, well, my boss is doing all these bad things to me. I guess it's just the way it is. Now people understand that, wait a second, that's called harassment. That's inappropriate. I have rights. That's a great thing. And I, and, and I, I encourage that. And that's what we want to do here. And what I do when I speak to individuals in my office is I want to inform and educate and encourage people to understand that there is rights that you have and you can and you should do something about workplace harassment. We all know the term. We all know how to spell it, hopefully. Uh, but from a legal standpoint, legal now, what is, what's considered workplace harassment and what are some examples of it? So workplace harassment is actually a very broad term. Any type of workplace conduct that's considered reasonably to be unwelcome. So unwelcome conduct is considered a workplace harassment. Now, it doesn't have to be from a boss. It can be from a, a, a co-worker. It can be from uh, either someone at the same level, higher than you on this totem pole, or even lower than you on a totem pole. Any behavior by someone to you in the workplace that's considered unwelcome is workplace harassment. Common example could be uh, name calling. Uh, it could be putting someone down. It could be treating people disrespectfully, threatening people. It could also be a situation where a boss uh, is excludes an employee from meetings or from the information that they need or provides inappropriate uh, feedback or feedback that's untrue and false, anything that creates this poisoned work environment, a work environment that's not healthy, is considered or can be considered to be harassment. So it is a very, very broad term, uh, and, and oftentimes it could be uh, things that are not very obvious. Sometimes it's right in your face. But workplace harassment, let's remember, is a very broad term. Looking at it from an employer point of view, uh, do they have an obligation to prevent it? And that's where it starts. An employer does have a, a proactive obligation to try to prevent and eliminate workplace harassment. So an employer can't say, well, you know, boys will be boys, or you deal with it yourself, it's your problem, not mine. No. These issues, by law, are the employer's problem. So an employer, when an employer becomes aware of workplace harassment, they have to take measures to eliminate it. They have to have policies in place outlining what is acceptable and not acceptable work, uh, workplace conduct. It needs to provide resources for employees in terms of where to go to if there is workplace harassment, either a manager or a human resource manager, someone to go to. So an employer can't ignore it, can't just say it's someone else's problem. An employer has to proactively deal with it uh, and, and take even measures proactively to avoid it in the first place. And if an employer doesn't do that, there's going to be significant legal consequences. 
Talking workplace harassment, want to bounce over the phones in between as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one 225 talk That number is uh, is toll free. Hey, John, good evening. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Hey, John, what's going on with you? I just want to know about uh, if there's like uh, the new rules that, that apply from Kathleen Wynn or for this government now and uh, the, the rules have been canceled and against have to win the election because we don't know if we get six days or not. We've been working there for a long time. So, yeah, no, no, it's a great question. And now there's been some talk by the current uh, government to change some of the uh, the, the new uh, amendments that uh, the wind government put in. Nothing has happened so far. So right now, every employee is entitled to uh, two days of uh, paid sick days per year. Now, th- those are paid. You're entitled to obviously more than that. Uh, you're entitled to up to 10 sick days uh, that are to protect your job, but only two of those have to actually be paid. That's a new thing. Before that, most employees were not entitled to paid sick days. That's great. Uh, but the thing is, we're a union shop. It doesn't matter if union or not, and it doesn't, doesn't matter how long you've worked for the company. It's a new employee, and they got sick last week, and they're not sure. They only worked a week, so I'm not sure if it applies to them or not, union or non-union for Ontario. So, you know, if you're a union, the collective agreement would stipulate how many days you get, what sick days you get, and you don't get. So kind of the law, for the most part, is going to stay out of that. So that's the, the good or the bad thing, depending on your perspective with being part of a union, uh, is that the collective agreement tells you the answer. Now, I'd have to look at your collective agreement, but the answer is in there, I assure you. If you're not sure what it means or what it does, you can ask your union. But you may have 25 paid sick days. I don't know. You may have uh, one. It would all be in your collective agreement. Yeah, you're right. But uh, we work for the IBW 353, and they're fighting against the, uh, against the contractors, and we, we've been uh, diminished over the last 20 years. And uh, we don't have severance, still have nothing. So we have no voice, no power, because the unions are favoring the contractors, and that's how it goes. Well, unfortunately, as a unionized person, there's nothing you could do outside of the union. So, yeah, you, you are stuck. You know, the, I've said this a million times. The problem with being part of a union is that the union has all the rights and all the power to, to enforce those rights. You, as the person working, have no rights, no power, unless the union decides to help you. That's a problem. That's very different than non-unionized situations, but that's the way it works, uh, and, and not much can be done about that. Got time for your phone calls as well. Feel free to call through, ask your questions, 416-870-6400, star 640, on cell, and one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Email simple, help at employmenthour.com. Talking about our uh, discussion, or at least continuing our discussion on workplace harassment. I uh, talked about the obligations that the employer has. They have to come clean. They have to, they have to uh, challenge this thing head-on. How do they meet the obligations? What are some ways? Well, number one is an employer does have to have policies in place. And, and that's not a good practices thing. That is the law. An employer has to have uh, policies in place dealing specifically with workplace harassment, workplace violence too. But, but certainly with respect to workplace harassment, those policies would outline what is appropriate conduct, inappropriate conduct, and what an employee needs to do if they're victims of, of harassment. So number one, you have to have these policies in place. Number two is you have to make sure that everyone is aware of these policies. It's not enough for an employer to have a policy that sits in a drawer up on the 10th floor and no one knows about it. Especially when it comes to harassment policies, the employer has to circulate these policies, explain them to people, give example, and provide that type of training. If you don't, again, you're going to be on the wrong side of the law as an employer. Number three, 
when an employer becomes aware of harassment, either because the employer noticed something or the employer was told, maybe there was a complaint filed, the employer has to investigate. They have to conduct a serious and thorough investigation. In some situations, if it's more complex, they may, that may require bringing in an outside investigator. Otherwise, the employer can do it itself and investigate and try to determine what actually happened. Interview people, uh, you know, look at the facts and determine what happened. And if harassment is in fact determined, then the employer has to take measures to fix that problem. They can't sit on it. They can't say, well, you know, well, it'll go away by itself. They have to fix it. Sometimes it could be as simple as, you know, looking at the person that was harassing and reminding them what their obligations are. Other times it may mean letting that person go or, or uh, penalizing, penalizing them in a different way. Sometimes it may mean separating the two people. Maybe there's two people that just can't work together. You're going to put them in different departments, different floors. So there's a number of things an employer can do. What an employer cannot do, absolutely cannot do, is ignore the, the harassment, ignore that problem, investigate it, and take measures to fix it. That's what the employer has to do. Now, you flip on the other side of the table, that to the employee or the individual. Um, what do they do if they're subject to harassment, step one? Well, if the employee is a victim of harassment, then the first thing I want the employee to try to do is to try to resolve the matter internally. Uh, so you have to speak to someone. If you're being harassed, it's a coworker, it's a boss, whoever it is, try to give or you have to give, if possible, the company the opportunity to fix it. So number one, have a record of what happened. Try to uh, keep a log or a diary or, or send someone an email confirming what happened so that you can have that proof. And then go to HR or go to the boss or the owner, whoever the appropriate person is, and tell them in writing, okay, in writing, what happened. Explain to them why you're being harassed. Give them as many examples, dates, uh, etc., that you can, and ask them to do something about it. That triggers that obligation on the part of the employer. It's very difficult to say, employer, uh, I'm being harassed and you didn't do anything about it if you didn't actually give the company the chance to do something about it. So as long as it's possible, I want you to try to go to the employer and deal with it. Now, there are going to be situations where that's not possible, where you can't go to the employer because maybe the owner of the company is the one harassing you, or maybe yeah. it's a small company and there's no HR person, there's really no one to go to, and then we can deal with it externally. But as a first step, you always, always want to deal with it internally and try to give the company the opportunity to fix it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, 1-888-225-TALK. That's toll-free. If you have any questions or concerns about this or any other topic, uh, feel free to bring them on. That's why we're here. You know, along the lines of, you know, people get a severance off and they're always afraid to go up against a big bad boss to ask for more. They shouldn't be. This, I imagine, is even worse. Now, that is, should the employee be concerned that by complaining about said harassment, they will be punished by the employer? And that's probably one of the main reasons I hear in terms of people why they don't complain right. about harassment. Right. We're afraid it's going to be held against us. We're afraid that not only they're not going to believe me, but they're going to punish me somehow and, and I'm going to be ostracized. Well, let's be very, very clear. You, even if you can't prove what happened, even if the company finds that there was not harassment, what the company is not allowed to do is punish you in any way way. That's called a reprisal. That's illegal. They can't punish you. So if a company were to do something that dumb to punish you for having the audacity uh, to raise harassment uh, allegations, 
That is illegal. There's going to be legal consequences, fines, penalties, potentially constructive dismissal. Depending on the situation, it could be a human rights violation. So that's illegal. You should always be uh, sure in knowing that you can't be punished for pursuing your rights. That's extremely important, and it especially applies when it comes to workplace harassment. So I'm an employee now. I've uh, I've been victim of this. I do stand up. I go to my uh, my boss, you know, advisor, senior senior person in the job, and uh, I make a complaint, or at least I let them know that something's going on. What happens with? What do I do if the employer won't deal with the workplace harassment? Well, yeah, that's that's where you deal with it externally. If you've tried right. to resolve the matter internally and nothing's happened, or maybe as I said before, you can't deal with it internally because there's no one to go to. Well, then we have to deal with it externally. What I mean by that is I mean you have to, at that point, give me a call, and then we'll need to talk about the options that are available, including constructive dismissal. Number one, what I mean by that is if you're being put in a poisoned work environment, that doesn't get fixed, and now it's difficult to go to work, you're uncomfortable, uh, your life is not uh, you know, very uh, good now because of this harassment, that is illegal. You shouldn't have to deal with that. The law may consider that to be a termination. Your employer put you in that situation, they're not fixing it, that's a termination, you could be owed severance, so you could potentially get out of that bad problem, get out of that workplace harassment situation with compensation. So constructive dismissal is number one option. Another option or another remedy that may be available is a human rights remedy. If you're being harassed because of a prohibited ground, maybe because of your disability or your age or your race or ethnicity, that is illegal. No one should be harassing you because of those things. No one should be harassing you, period. But if they harass you because of one of those reasons, that's also a human rights violation. So there could be, yeah, there could be human, uh, human rights damages that are uh, available as well. Bottom line is, we can get you out of that problem. And in some situations, it can also be as simple as me giving the company a bit of a kick in the butt, so to speak, and, and make them deal with it. They may not take you seriously, but believe me, they'll take me seriously if I contact them. So if you can't deal with it internally or you've tried to deal with it internally, nothing's happened, call me. Let me try to help you. And again, workplace harassment, like anything else that we talk about on this show, document, document, document. Write it down. Have record. So important. So important. You never want it to be your word against someone else's. That's always difficult. So, you know, oftentimes people that are harassing you are not going to harass you in writing. Uh, that's just not going to happen in right. many cases. So you create the record yourself. Email them back confirming what happened. Email yourself. Email someone. Have something contemporaneous that's created at the same time as the harassment. Create the records document. If you speak to your boss or human resource manager, put that in writing so there's a record. Document, document, document. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one triple eight two two five talk toll free. You still got a few minutes here to call through with your questions or concerns. Bring them on. We'd love to talk to you. Severance pay calculator. Love this. It's huge, Jerry. It's huge. Give me some details on it. <laughs> it is huge. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's literally huge because uh, well over half a million people have right. used it, used it successfully, used it to find out how much they owed if they lose their job. So if you're new to, or new to the employment hour, you don't know exactly what it is, or maybe you just need a refresher, severancepaycalculator.com, the place to go to if you lost your job. Or maybe you haven't lost your job. Maybe you are worried about losing your job, or you're just curious, or maybe you think something is coming down the road, so you want to know. Severancepaycalculator.com, you answer three questions once you're on there, 
uh, your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and then you're done. You find out what is the actual amount that you're owed. Not this nonsense about a week per year of service or two weeks per year of service. Spoiler alert, it's a lot more than that. So it's the very first place you go to. It's, you could do it on your smartphone. You can do it on your tablet. You can do it anywhere. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Remember, anonymous, free, no strings attached, right there for your information. Yeah, 550,000 people, in fact, more than that now, have gone through it and had their their eyes opened, as we say. So uh, give it a shot when you got some time. SeverancePayCalculator.com. I want to bounce over to an email anytime for you, either on or off air. It's help at employmenthour.com. Real simple. Esther says, uh, Lior, my employer has sold the business. I was offered a job but the buyer uh, by the buyer, but after I tried to negotiate the salary, the buyer pulled the offer right off the table. What are my rights? Well, here's the thing. Uh, if you've uh, tried to negotiate in good faith with the buyer uh, and the buyer says, well, now you don't have a job here anymore, no. then you're out of a job. You don't have a job anymore, which means you've been terminated. The company that's actually terminated you is the company that sold the business. They sold the business. You didn't have a, a job you could accept or they, that there was pulled from the table from the seller, from the buyer, which means they owe you severance. So in that situation, she would be owed full severance from the company selling the business. The fact that there was an offer from the buyer uh, that she tried to negotiate, that doesn't mean that she gets she doesn't get severance. They took it off the table. They could have said, no, that's our offer, take it or leave it, and that may have been different. But if they took that offer off the table, the company selling the business has to pay severance. So I wanna make it very clear here uh, in, in the sale of a business situation. If the company you work for has been sold, and as a result of that sale, if you're out of a job, you get your full severance. In most cases, if you continue working with the buyer, that buyer inherits your service, which means that uh, if they let you go down the road, they still have to pay you your full severance. That's good. Uh, But for the most part, if you lose your job as a result of a sale, you get your full severance. Make sure to give me a call if that happens. So let me get this straight. You go, you're offered a job by the buyer. New company walks in. You try to negotiate a salary. They say, no, take the offer off. Now the seller has to pay your severance? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. The, the seller does, yes. Now, the the reality is the seller could have, in fact, done something in the background. They could have said, no, you, you buyer, be reasonable. Make sure you take them on. But if they didn't do that and they didn't help protect their employee as a result of this, yeah, the seller has to pay full severance because they're out of a job, the employee is. So, yeah, there's no no discounts that the seller will get in that situation. Wow, no kidding. Mary, we'll move on to your email. says, my employer told me that because I work for a small company, here we go, I'm only entitled to five weeks of severance after working for the company for just over five years. Is that correct? <laughs> no, no, Mario, it's not no. correct, and it's it's a very common misconception. It's a misconception that both employers and employees have. That, that is that if you work for a small company, you get less severance. Let's make it very clear. I've said this before, but it's worth repeating as, as per uh, this email that we just got. Uh, if uh, you're working for a big company or a small company, you get the same amount of severance. The size of the payroll or the size of the, the company doesn't impact your severance. Remember, the factors have everything to do with you, not the company. Your age, your position, your length of employment, your employability, okay? And those are the factors that determine how much severance you get. So it's not gonna be uh, five weeks, it's not gonna be 10 weeks after five years. Again, I don't know more about his situation, but easily you'll be looking at six months, potentially eight, nine, 10 months, months, not weeks, of severance. 
So, Mario, you've been wrongfully dismissed. Uh, you've been given the wrong information. Uh, that's the bad news. The good news is this should be fairly easy to resolve. Reach out to me. Let me help you get that. Uh, that, that should not be a problem at all. Where does that whole thing come from? Small company, large company, $2.5 million payroll, blah, blah, blah. People always email and phone in with that exact quote. Why? Why? Because they go on Google and they <laughs> find on Google the Ministry of Labor website, our good friends, which provides incorrect information. Now, it's incorrect only because the size of the payroll, uh, the size of the, the company only is relevant with respect to the person's minimum entitlements. But right. who cares about minimum entitlements? We care about the full amount that the person is owed. Your full entitlements, what we call your common law entitlements, have nothing to do with the size of the company's payroll. So your minimum entitlements may be affected, but your full entitlements are going to be the same. So no, it's not a week per year, two weeks per year. It's not dependent on the size of the company's payroll. And if you see that on the Ministry of Labor websites, you'd have to scroll down to the very, very bottom of the page and tiny, little, tiny, fine print where they'll say, no, no, this doesn't apply uh, in, in most situations. Uh, that's misleading. I've said this before. That's the reality, though. Uh, so please go to severancepaycalculator.com. Call me if you have any questions. That's the only way to get proper advice. I got one minute. I'll squeeze this in quickly. Jim, my employer let me go, but is now saying that I resigned, so I don't get severance. What do I do? Well, <laughs> listen, if you don't have a letter of termination, if you don't have a record of employment, that we have to show that you didn't, in fact, resign. So uh, I hope that there's a record. You want to send an email to your employer confirming what happened. And you say, if, if there's a misunderstanding, if you think I'm resign, I've resigned, well, guess what? I haven't resigned. I'll be back to work on Monday. Uh, you, we have to establish you've been terminated. If you were let go, you should be getting severance. Call me as soon as possible. That's not something you want to sit on. That's it for a, uh, another week. You want to get a hold of, very simple, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. And as mentioned, if you haven't tried it yet, please do severancepaycalculator.com. Find out where your severance should be. We are back Wednesday night at this time. The weekend shows, and of course, Employment Hour at 30 happens on Global TV and CTV on weekend mornings as well. Till next time, it's the Employment Hour. Stand by. Uh, Anthony Fury is back in for Alex Pearson as we continue with On Point right here on Global News Radio.